go. Here we go. Good brother. What's up, man? What's happening? We get a better angle on this forehead up on this IG. Hey, man. Hey, What's man. happening? So, hey, man. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. You got me vibing here with the DJ Beloved. Yeah, man, Beloved. Beloved told me that y'all went to school together early and shit. Absolutely. Love that brother. Yes, absolutely, man. man. Good brother, man. You know, birds of a feather flock together, man. You know what I mean? Definitely a good brother right there. So listen, man, I'm I'm going to get right into this, man, because we got people that have been waiting. You know what I mean? So give me me a minute. Okay. As, As I do what I do. Hey, everybody. Hey you know what I mean? Thank, thank you, everybody, for coming out. Yeah, you thank know, you. Uh, we're we, we about to get into this. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now tuned in to the TKB Report. And I'm your host, K. Langevine. And today's guest is a comedic maestro, if you will. Oh. This brother has got over 3,650 days in the comedy game. <clears throat> Correct me if I'm wrong. Later, after I finish bigging you up, I met Appreciate this brother you. over 10 years hey, ago. Over 10 years ago in the what I call the Jersey comedy chitlin circuit. This brother has withstood the, tank, the, the test of time. Roll with oh, a right. soon-to-be legendary crew. You know what I mean? He's 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 transitioned and, and pivoted into other ways to stay relevant. Started the Ty Rainey podcast. Uh, he he does a he does a breakfast social with other comedians where he invites them into his house and tries not to kill him with his cooking. This Word. brother has graced the stage most recently with the likes of comedy royalty. Marlon Wayans of the Wayans family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about none other than comedian extraordinaire Ty Rainey. Hey. Thank you, Kurt. Oh, that was beautiful. I should have took my headphones so my wife could hear some of that shit. Baby, it's beautiful. <laughs> what Kurt said. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. And hello, everybody. Yo, Hello, everybody tuning in. Appreciate listen, y'all. Listen, man. Um, thank you for coming out, ladies and gentlemen who are who are in the building. Uh, thank you for coming out. Yeah. Um, this is tuned in with K. Dot Langevin um, from the TKB Report. All right. I, I first, up, I first want to say, I first want to say that. What up, Nisa? Um, I respect. I respect the grind, I respect the hustle, and I respect the tenacity and the resiliency to not give up. Uh, I saw you early on when, when you first started out. We got a common friend, uh, Double D, who yes. is- My you brother. Know, you know, who, who, I think it was you, Double D, Big P, Lil Eli, it was a, it was a crew yeah. you all. When we yeah, used to yeah. be at the Diva Lounge, man, and you, you, guys, you guys, Big Love, you know, rest yes. in peace. rest in peace, Big Love, yes sir. You know, you, you guys did a phenomenal job back then. You know, I know it wasn't easy. Our room turned into the new Peppermint Lounge. Word. When they loved you, when they loved you, they loved you. Yeah. And when they didn't, well, goddamn. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, I respect I respect the fact that you you stuck to it, man. And and I've been following you. You know, we, we reconnected 
about a year, maybe a year, two years ago, right. at a at a networking event in Montclair. Yes, at the and gallery. I, at the gallery, and that's when I discovered yep. that you that you had had your own podcast. But enough about enough about all that. Listen, I tried to do justice with a with an intro. I want you to tell the people who you are, what you represent. You know what I mean? Where you from, and all that good stuff. You know. Oh man! All right. Well. Despite that lovely intro, that beautiful intro uh, that Kurt gave me, thank you, man, for having me on your platform. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, but I, I'm I'm comedian Ty Rainey. I'm from Montclair, New Jersey. Um, I, I've been in the comedy game for about uh, 16 years or so, and um, you know, just just started out grinding. Actually, I, I my wife got me into comedy. Um, to tell you the truth, I always admired comedy. Always been like the class clown, all that stuff. And um, <clears throat> my wife saw that I had an interest and she got me into a um Manhattan comedy school. Oh wow. And yeah, it, it was um it was funny cuz she just enrolled me in the class, didn't even tell me. And it was like 3 days after our our honeymoon, we came home. She's like, "Hey, you got a comedy class starting next week." I was like, "What you talking about?" She's like, "It's in Manhattan for the next 3 months." And then after that, I Welcome got to married the, uh, life. Yeah, married life. They just <laughs> just do. They just do and put you in it. So I owe a lot to my wife and uh, supporting me and, and um, getting me, you know, pretty much that kick in the ass to get me into comedy. And ever since that, I got the bug, man. I got the itch to go out and hit up, you know, lounges like the Diva Lounge and, and just any bar or open mic just to just to kind of get into it and, um, you know, get my craft together. Well, yeah. well, I'm going I'm to tell you, man, um, I, I put I put a lot of comedy shows together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's. It's uh, it's not easy, you know no. what I mean. It's not easy at all. So, like, you mentioned being the class clown and whatnot. Like, what was what was it like growing up in your house? Like, were you an only child? Were you was oh, a lot of brothers, sisters, cousins? Was nah, I was around a lot of love. I was the only child. Um, I grew up with my mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother and my grandfather. So, some people would say that's spoiled. I would just say it's a lot of love. It's a lot of love <laughs> in that house. But, um, you know, I, just being the only child and just being silly and, I guess, you know, always entertaining and making people laugh. I used to bug the hell out of my grandmothers all the time, you know, make them laugh. And, and you know, I'm from a funny family. My mother's funny. My pops, you know, he's funny. My uncle has a great sense of humor. So I kind of just pulled all that funny and that love from my family and always been like the the person that's always trying to make the light out of a situation. So I've always been that that the 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 goofy silly kid you know coming up in class and and being at home just being silly and saying something or doing something funny so that that so, that was me so before so before your wife so before your wife uh signed you up for that class yeah uh, without telling you I man that which makes her a comedian in in her own right because that's funny as hell um, yeah yeah tell so me before about that you had no interest to explore that professionally no nah, not really i mean i always i always admired it you know i always liked comedy um i was a i was uh before i got into comedy i was um co-owner of a studio and we had a group and i used to be the hype man so i'd be the first one on stage to get the crowd into it that's when we used to be at the peppermint lounge mm. um had a crew called uh day one uh wicked wilderness wow. and we used to wow. go out there for okay. the talent shows and okay. um Okay. I used to be the first one out there at the talent show to get the crowd into it. So, and we used to do, um, I did a hip hop instruction, um, like 
demonstration New Year's, one New Year's for Montclair High School with a couple of my partners. And, you know, I've always been around the cusp of like entertaining or speaking. Okay. And, you know, and I was never like that growing up. You know, I was the one in, in public school. If I had to do some kind of public speaking, I'd take the F. You know, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be the one standing in front of the cloud uh, crowd or the class reading the auto you know autobiography or something yeah. like that. I just was yeah. I was shy away from all that. So it's funny how things turn around and now you know I'm 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 on the stage doing it like that. So yeah, that's how I got my start. Just messing around, just being a hype man. Me, and me, me and you would have been me and you would have been in the back of the class getting those Fs together. Yeah. See, well, I didn't get too many guys. Hold on now. Oh no, no, no. But I'm saying in terms of like public speaking. Yeah, yeah, for real. I, I, I shied away from. So I'm saying in in that regard, we would have been in the back of the class together. You know. Yeah, I hate it. You know. So, I, I've watched. You know, doing my research, I've watched some video of of you performing, Mm. and you know. It's one thing about comedians where they have to be comfortable with making fun of themselves yeah. and other people making fun of them. Yeah. Uh, talk about how important that is to have a sense of humor about things about yourself that are not too favorable. Oh, well, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have a sense of humor, especially about yourself. You know, I think, self-deprecation actually eases, takes takes the pressure off the crowd sometimes. You know, like, oh, he's talking about his flaws. Oh, he's, he, he sees it like we see it. You know, like, yeah, I got a big ass for it. Like, yeah, this is, it is what it is. Sometimes you just got to talk about the obvious and just um, be comfortable with who you are. I'm comfortable with who I am, you know? So it doesn't bother me. If we can laugh and we can, you know, laugh at it, then let's laugh at it, you know? It doesn't bother saw- me. I saw you said something about black don't crack, but it pushed the... <laughs> but, but that hairline moved back. Yeah, black don't crack, but that hairline moved back like Yo. a mug. And, and growing up, man, I always, you know, we used to always crack on each other. A lot of, you know, we had thick skin growing up in the 80s and the 90s, man. If you didn't, you couldn't be around. You know, when I grew up in the 80s and 90s, it was my teeth. It was how big my teeth were. I, my hairline was great because I was, you know, I was youthful. I had a good promising hairline. You know what I'm saying? It came got, down to here. I got photos, Kurt. I'll send it to you on the You got, on, you got Indian in your family? You got Indian in your family? I got a little bit. I got you got little that Indian curly in. hair. Shit. It's That's curly in here. Yeah, you it's got Indian in your family? It's a little bit of something in my family, but it, this is when the hairline was tight. When I had it down, down here, now I got bangs. But when I had it down here, <laughs> when I had it down here, oh, yeah, then it was teasing my teeth. You know what I'm saying? So... Uh, it was one thing or the other. It, it didn't matter. So you just, yeah. you, you know, you had that tough skin. And, and to talk about myself is nothing. It's, it's fun to me, man. I have a lot of fun. If people laugh at it, then that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's <laughs> my man Crunch. Shout out to Crunch. <laughs> it does look like a knee, a bended knee. Like, <laughs> but um, Proposal I'm, I'm sure forehead that... ass. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do your thing. But I, I just get the feeling that there, there, there's not – too many surprises that that people had when they saw that you that you took to that took to that profession. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too many um, wasn't too many uh, surprises for that. But um, you know, one of the funniest things I was hosting the show and I saw one of my um, sixth grade teachers in the crowd and um, Mr. Gill. And when he saw me perform after the show, he said, "You know what? I'm not surprised, not one bit." He taught yeah. history. 
at Glenfield School in Montclair. And when he saw me at the show, he's like, I'm not surprised, not one bit. You always was like a funny dude in school. And um, So so yeah. the Mr. Gill, was he stuck in time and used to wear old suits and had slick hair, white guy? Yeah, I don't know about the, yeah, yeah, he didn't wear slick, I don't know about the slick hair, glasses. He used to wear, listen, you know. listen, Mr. Gill, that was, a, that was a name, I think it was the name of a teacher. I went to Essex Catholic, down the hill okay. from Montclair. Okay. And that, that name sounds familiar. But you, you, you spoke about your wife earlier, right? Yeah. And so I, I watch, I follow Why you she on coming? Instagram. I follow, <laughs> you I invited follow you on, too? She... I, I follow you on Instagram, right? So I'm looking at it and I say, yo, I don't know who's funnier between you. Oh, she is. Or she's your hilarious. wife. She's hilarious. She's, you know she's hilarious. Nah, no, it's my wife. And, and I'm going to tell you. I'm surprised that you're still married because, oh, you know, yo, you you bug the shit out of her all the time, and it's hilarious, man. And I wish I had the guts to be that way. Uh, well, you know what? It's gonna keep a it keeps her young in the long run. I had a great grandmother lived to be 102, and I bugged the hell out of her. So that's the that's the key to longevity is laughing, you know, laughter and just smiling and just being happy together. But my wife, you know, we we click. You know, she's definitely. She's definitely a lot funnier, funnier than I am. I think she's hilarious to me. You know what, she's man? So maybe, so maybe I need to switch seats. And nah, nah, nah we get to that later on. But listen, uh. so, <laughs> so, so, Kelvin, shout out to Kelvin. What's good? What up, Kelvin? What up, Kelvin? In. Matter of fact, he went to Montclair Immaculate. So that's that's you know that's ties. Uh, and oh, and I want to say some stuff there. Yeah, we got to wear uniforms. That's just yeah. Catholic Montclair. All of that. Let me take this jacket off. No, yeah, go ahead. Too. You got professional up in the crib. You just, this yo, is a me, real goddamn interview. You got a yo, blazer on. And yo, let me, let me tell you why I threw the blazer on. I threw the blazer on because it's that brand was new. The, that was the, nah, that's oh, the diva okay. vibe. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I started sipping stuff other than what I started sipping fermented liquid. I said, yo, I just got a diva vibe. That's why I know I, I, I met you at. You know, yeah. shout out to Double D. You know what I mean? The hardest working man in show business. Um, Hey, that man! I got some stories with Double D. That's oh man. my gosh! That's a, that's that's for a totally different show. Hell yeah. yeah! That's for a totally different show. So, so you and you've been married for how long? Sixteen, sixteen years. God bless you, bro. God, thank man. you, thank you, brother. Yes, obey, obey. You know what I'm saying? Obey. God bless. So, and you've been doing comedy for same. how many? For the same amount of time, right? Same so amount check of this time. Out. Being a being a retired club promoter, yeah. Actually, I ain't retired. I pretty much was given an ultimatum without being given an ultimatum. If you don't get your together, stop coming in here five in the morning. It's gonna be, and I said, all right, cool. You win, I lose. It's over. Right, right. And I'm very competitive. So, thank so, you, Crunch. How was how was that on the relationship? Because those are a lot of late nights, like. You you yeah. out there grinding and you trying to you trying to get your you, you trying to get your bearings you know what I mean and you trying yeah. to figure out if this is something that I actually want to do so how often like how how was that was it strenuous on a relationship or was she fully understanding especially since she put you in the ring well when we first started on a ranch style home so that's only one floor so I was able to get out through the window in the back by the dining room. So she didn't really know I was leaving. I was just leaving through the window <laughs> and just leave my coat inside the house. She'd be like, oh, his coat's still here. I guess he must be in the basement or something. Yeah. She wouldn't even, she'd be so tired, she wouldn't even check. Yeah. So 
that's the key, man. First floor um, apartment or rent style home. <laughs> but no, man, in the beginning, I must say it was, um, I was burning the candle um, at both ends. Yeah. And um, time became a problem. This is um, right before my son was born. So um, you really got to manage your time. You, you can't jump at everything. I think when I first started the first three years, I was jumping at everything. I was doing every open mic um, from, you know, from Jersey to the city. I remember going with Double D. We performed in, in a freaking Chinese food restaurant in New York City. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing with this dude, Double D. I was like, Double D, what are you talking about? He's like, you got minutes. You got minutes. Come on. We're going to get some minutes. We get 10 minutes in the corner of a Chinese food restaurant. Ugh. And it was just real awkward because, you know, some of the people were just there to eat. And it was like five <laughs> people that was there for the show. And Ugh. I don't even think they really promoted it. I think we just crashed the show. But there's, you end up doing everything because you're new. And, and, and you're being told that, you know, your time on stage is important. It's, it's, it's you know, you got to get your minutes up. And not only that, it's that you want to get comfortable on stage. So I was just hitting up everything, every situation, you know, just places where comedy wasn't even invited. Like all of a sudden they just stopped the club and they stopped the music. Like, we got some comedy. And everybody's like, well, what the fuck is this? Like, why are we doing this shit? You know, and you got to go and you got to fight and just do your thing. And, um, you know, I was out there every almost every night. And there was a lot of times when my wife and I was bumping heads um, just simply because there was no form or structure to what I was doing. So any comedian getting into it, and if you are involved in a relationship, you got to be mindful of that. Um, you can't be selfish with that time. I was selfish with that time. I learned. And nowadays I don't chase everything. You know, I've yeah. been in the game for a while, but, but when you are new, you do want to set like a schedule. You know, if there's certain yeah. open mics that are on Wednesdays, then let your lady know, like, hey, on Wednesdays, I'm going to be hitting up this mic just to cut my teeth here. And I'm going to be doing two other mics. Just kind of space it out because you can get lost, man. You can be out here every single night just doing anything, coming home to like two, three in the morning. You know, and that's not cool on any relationship. So it, it did, you know. All right. All right, I'm going to stop you now, man, because you, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of people in trouble, including me, because. Oh, I OK. I used to I used to think the exact opposite, you know what I mean? And that shit <clears throat> definitely took a toll. Yeah. But, you know, shout out to Kyle, what you got, you know. What up? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Calvin, shout out to Will, you know, All Hands Life Insurance, you know, shout out to Crunch, shout out to all these people tuning in. Shout yeah. out to my cousin out of Westchester County. You know shout what I mean? out. What's you know, up, shout out, yo? Shout out to everybody in here, you know. What up, cuz? What up, everybody? We, yeah. we are now tuned in with the TKB Report. You know, I'm K. Langevin, as you know, and this is funny man extraordinaire Ty Rainey. Um, So, you know, you you establish yourself as a comedian. You establish that you know what this is something that I actually want to do. Yeah. Can Can you think of a Can you think of a pivotal point in those Chinese restaurant rooms? In those, you know. Italian restaurants, in those church basements, in mm. somebody's attic, where you mm. said, you know what? This is exactly what I want to do, and I actually belong. Um, I think it was the first time, uh, the graduation class for the Manhattan Comedy School. I think that the graduation from that was, you know, you, you work three months on a five-minute set, and your graduation was you get to perform that five minute set at Caroline's, you know, Caroline's on Broadway in New York. Mm. And I think right during during that show right there was like my first time 
like on a stage in front of people and just kind of fighting through that fear of public speaking. And I think right at that moment, I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I like this nervous feeling because I still get that nervous feeling. I don't ever, mm. I don't think you really shake it. I still get that yeah. nervous, the jitters. You know, I'll be trying to think of excuses not to do the show. Like, yo, my um, my stomach hurt. I don't know if I can do it. Like, I'm always thinking of yeah. ways to get out of it, but I love it at the same time. So I, I need it. But I think that was the moment where I said, yo, I really, I want to do something with this. You know, I really, I really, I got a rush from it. You know, and then hearing the crowd, you know, react and, and, and seeing people come up to you after the show, like, hey, you were really funny. And just kind of just just just, you know, interacting with them for that moment and them just taking a, a minute off their worries and just laughing and joining you with a couple of uh, jokes or stories that you got. It, it, it's a lot. So I, I got it. It's like a rush, you know. So I think that was the turning point for me. I said, you know, I could do something with this. I like this. You know, I'm going to keep on doing it. All right. So comedy you're on stage you yeah. are being as that's that's pretty much a performer's most vulnerable state because it's live yeah it's not like you could say cut do it again cut get him out of here cut so yeah. are there are there any any things any moments that come to mind where you said yo you know what this is a little rough because i've seen comedians get into some tight spots and you know heckling starts Oh hell yeah! And and you don't know how far it's gonna go. You don't know if the person that's heckling is 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 it's, it's trying connected. to be funny. If they, con <laughs> <laughs> if they connected. They go. They gonna try to meet up with you after the show. After the show, you know what you I mean. Know? Any 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 uh, moments that come to mind about you know some some touch and go moments when it comes to that. Yeah, man. I mean, I had a lot of those touch and go moments in the beginning because I always would engage with the crowd. And when I first started. You know, I wasn't really doing a whole lot of material. It was, it was just whatever I, observ observational comedy, whatever's happening right there in the moment, and whatever I was experiencing that day. That's what I would talk about. But sometimes that would just have me going around the bar, just picking people out as targets, and that can be dangerous, depending <laughs> on where you at. You know, because some people don't want to fucking joke. They're like, "Yo, man, I, I ain't here for all that joke." He's like, "My bad, brother. I didn't know." You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. you know. I, I got I got a lot of those situations. Thankfully, it, it didn't get into um, a predicament where anything got physical. But I've had situations where I was doing prison tours. And I think that's got to be the worst. Yeah, over in Pennsylvania, we're doing prison tours. And I think that's the... That ain't only, funny, bro. It's not funny. <laughs> but, but the funny thing is, this is the funny thing for me. Like, bombing is funny. But it's funny because if you bomb in a bar, right? You can just leave the bar. You just walk out like, ah, fuck it. They, was, they didn't get my humor. Ah, it was a weak-ass yeah. crowd. You can say whatever. A club. You don't do well at the club. Ah, that club is weak on Wednesdays. Ah, it's a corny crowd. Ah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You can make whatever excuse. But when you're in a prison, you're in the prison to make them laugh, and you can't leave. If you ain't make them <laughs> laugh, and you bombed. Like, I remember one time I bombed in prison. You know, it ain't nothing like a prison boo. Listen. No homo, pause. Like a prison boo, like when they boo you, you feel that shit to your bone marrow. Like I can still feel <laughs> the vibration of the boo in one of these prisons. They got at me one time. They booed the shit out of me. And what made it sad is that we're in a gymnasium and I have to wait for three other brothers to go. So I'm sitting off on the side. These niggas are still looking at me going like this, just shaking their head, <laughs> looking at me because I can't just leave and go wait in the car. We in a... We're the maximum security, so we got to leave together. So you got to get, get an escort. 
Son, after you get booed, you got to sit there and look at all the inmates. You're just looking at them like this. Ain't no other room. You're sitting there. <laughs> and you know what really hurt my heart? One night, one time, I got booed, and they had a good time. They enjoyed the show. And then right while they were leaving the gym, two of the inmates turned around and was like, yo, when y'all coming back? And I said, yo, we might come back in two months, dude. He was like, not you. <laughs> I was like, I felt so bad. I... I, I I felt so bad to the CEO. I was like, yo, can we leave now? Can we just walk? Can we leave now? Yo, oh, that man. but that stuff builds you up, man. You you you're gonna you're gonna get booed. Everybody's not gonna like you. It comes with the territory, but it is what it is. It makes you a better comedian. I appreciate all that stuff, the good and the bad. Well listen, man, listen, man. I I'm I'm glad you made it out of there, bro. Come yeah, on, man. I'm yeah, glad you made it out of there. Yeah, you over know. 30 prison shows. Over 30. God damn, bro. I don't want to go to prison for no reason at all. No, not at all. Show, no show, none of that shit. I can, I'll pass. You know what I mean? I'll pass. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I think that <clears throat> with comedians, right? Yeah. They think that, you know, you guys are jokesters and clowns and all that. You know, not clowns, but, you know, they don't take you as serious. But I want to talk about the business of being a comedian. Yeah. So you guys are like the CEO, the president, the marketing director, the the, the the secretary, the receptionist, the, the janitor. Right. You play every role. You're yeah. your own agent most times because when you're coming up, you don't really need nobody to book you to do a, a Chinese restaurant. Right. You know what I mean? So talk about the business of being a comedian and, you know, what you felt you needed to do to get to that next level because I want to talk about the next level after this. Um, what did I need to do to get on the next level? Um. I think the next level is just opening up the type of venues you're doing. Um, you know, don't, don't just do one type of venue. You know, don't just do all black rooms. Don't just do all right, white rooms. Mix it all up and, um, you know, get a good set together, like two sets together that you're comfortable with, you know, just so you can adapt and work with the crowd. You know, I think, I think getting sharper with your set is when you kind of turn that corner and you figure out, what you should be doing and getting used to that repetition of being a comic and just hitting up the stage, you know, and, and reading the room and starting to understand how you got to read the room and what type of material is suitable for this room. You know, what I did at this college show is not going to work at this over 50 show or at this retirement show or this graduation show. So you start to read and understand your material a lot better, understand yourself a lot better. Um, I think that's, that's when you start really, figuring it all out on the business sense then you start getting your worth together like how much am i really worth like how much time can i really do um where it's it's i, I feel it's worthy of payment you know and, and and the material is good enough for that you know but you 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 go through it you know trying to figure it out trying to be your own agent you know trying to be you know book yourself and and all, all wearing all those same hats you do drop the ball but you know, I think it just comes a, a, a time when you know, you know, for yourself, like, you know, I think I, I've worked at my craft long enough. I think it's worth X, Y, and Z. And these are the sets I have to set forth. And, and this is how much time I have and, and, and what I can give somebody when they want a show, you know, when they want me to deliver a show. Okay. <clears throat> so I've, um, I've, I've seen recently that Speaking about next level, yeah, you've you've opened up. I don't know if you opened up or you just were a part of the show for 
uh, Marlon Wayans yeah. at the Stress Factory. Uh, talk about those types of experiences, and is that your first time working on the same stage with a A-lister uh, talent? Well, I think so. I think it's the first time working with somebody that has such a, I guess, a pull, like a name, like a draw, like Marlon Wayans. Because I work with a lot of big names in the game. I think Marlon right now is really he's hot. You know, he speaks to a, a huge demographic of people, young and old. So I think out of all the names, that is probably the most recognizable besides Kevin, Kevin Hart. But um, that right there, getting pulled onto a show like that is just all being booked through the Stress Factory and, and, and letting that club know, which is my home Jersey club, letting them know that, um, you know, hey, Ty Rainey, he's a professional comedian. We can rely on him to come out and do a solid 20 minutes to warm this crowd up for this professional joker that's coming out here to entertain. I think that's what it what it comes down to, too, is um, letting these club owners and bookers know that, hey, I can carry my own weight and I can set the crowd on fire and get them all warmed up and ready for Marlon who, or whoever the act is. So I, I think that was just – that was one of the reasons why I got that call. You know, it was like, hey, we can call Ty. He get this party started, which was fucking crazy to me because I ain't doing a show in five months, and I was sitting on the couch scared to death like, goddamn, I just canceled the show the week prior because I haven't done anything. So for them to hit me up and say, hey, you want to do a show with Marlon? And when they said Marlon Wayne, I'm like, shit, yeah, hell yeah. You know, whether you've been sitting for five months, year, whatever, comedy is comedy. You know, you're not going to get less funny. Maybe your timing might be a little off, but who gives a fuck, man? Just go out there and have a good time. And that's what I did. And, you know, we, we, we had a damn good time at that show, man. But I think it's just being able to hold your own weight and just pull that time and, and, and get the crowd into it. Well, I, I want to correct you because um, you have been doing shows. Yeah. Like, if, if anybody who follows you on Instagram, you do a show every day, every morning, every night, every well, yeah. And, and I'm, sure, I'm sure that your wife can attest to it. I laugh yeah. at the shit all the time, bro. I think it's Thank you, absolutely, hilarious, absolutely hilarious. But there's Appreciate something it. that I want to I I link, I want to touch on, pause, that, that you said. You said, hold your own. Yeah. Comedically, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts on like comedians who have writers? You know, it's, yeah. it's similar to you know, you know, rappers who are hot. They have their own writer. You know, they 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 don't. It's discovered that they they don't write their own lyrics. They get somebody else to write for them. Oh, like, it's what disgusting. are your thoughts? It's disgusting. What are your thought? What do you? Th- <laughs> what are your thoughts on that when it get comes to the me. comedy game? Yeah. Hold on, sweetheart. Well, I you know what honestly um. All right, I'm going to tell you, you twisted my arm, Kurt. My wife writes all my shit. Come here, baby. My wife has written everything for me ever since the goddamn beginning. You, you, <laughs> this is it. The secret's out. She wrote every goddamn thing I've ever said. No, I mean, to each his own. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you know, if, if, if that's your style and you're able to, you know, take some material that someone has written for you and it kind of matches your style, then God bless you, man. I mean, what you do with it, that's your business. I mean, I personally... You know, I would write for somebody, you know what I'm saying? I've worked with some of my comedian partners that we, you know, I may have thought of something that was funny, but it mm-hmm. didn't fit me. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of funny shit that's out there, but there's certain things that I'm just not going to deliver, you know, or certain things that just don't fit into what I do. You know, yeah. I'll say it all the time when we off the mic or whatever, just being funny, just messing around. But there's a lot of material out there that just doesn't fit me. So I'll throw, I'll, I'll talk to like my man Ray or Q or, 
you know, D or, or C or whatever. And I'll be like, yo, this shit's funny. Like, I ran into this, 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 and they be like, yo, I like that. I'm like, take it. You know, comedy yeah. is comedy, man. You know, I just think there's certain things that's going to fit you. You know, there's certain things that I'm going to say that, that other people aren't going to be able to deliver or say the same way. It, I think almost it's like wearing somebody else's sneakers, man. You can't do that. Somebody's got a big-ass toe print. You feel weird wearing somebody's size 12s and you wear a, a 11. You know, it just doesn't fit you right. So I just, to each his own, if someone's writing for you or if you're writing for other people, get your paper. You know, I wouldn't mind writing for other people and getting paid for it. But if you're writing for me, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. You know, I, I mold it and craft it into to be like a Ty Rainey thing. But, you know, I like to kind of, I, I live most of the shit that I'm talking about. You know, a lot of stuff that you hear me talking about, I lived through it or observed it or my mind's just going off the rails with a thought. So, and I'm just sharing that. So a lot of this stuff is the actual experience. When I say you drive all the way to work and call out in the parking lot, it's because I did that shit. <laughs> you know, this is not, you know, I'm talking about, you know, getting high, baking cookies and realizing the oven wasn't on after 20 minutes, just staring at the cookies because I did that shit. You know, it's a lot of stuff that you, you, you do. You just, you just got to share it with people. You know, I think yeah. it's, it's a lot of stuff you got to be vulnerable about. And that's, that's another thing I want you got to be mindful too. When you are married, there's a lot of things that I'm, I try to be mindful of and can't share too much about because it's too honest, too real, too funny. But yeah. my wife be like, okay. My wife be like, okay, listen, you're not going to say something that's going to embarrass <laughs> us. Okay. It's funny and all, but you yes. are not going to it. She'll sit me down and talk to me all nice and stuff, Kurt. It'd be small, like non-chompa incense and shit. I think it's going to be some, you know, sexual healing going on. She'd be like, listen, I saw your Instagram post and what you're not going to do is embarrass our union and what we've worked for. Okay. What is this marriage stand up? What is this marriage stand up for you? What does this stand for? Huh? What does this stand for? Do you remember our do you remember our counseling we went through? She doesn't do that shit, but that's what I hear in my head if I do something like that. Yeah. I know it's gonna come back and get me. So Yeah. But yeah. So so you you did a um you did a uh uh I think you were part of a show that Kevin Hart was involved in, right? Yeah, I did um, Heart of the City, Jersey edition. Um, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Hart was going around to, um, you know, I guess certain certain cities in different states and just picking out the talent, and I was selected for that. Myself, Ray Gibbs, and uh, CJ Crack. So, yeah, that was one of my biggest biggest moments in my career, my first TV credit being on Comedy Central. And uh, thank you, Kevin, for providing that platform and cutting that goddamn check. Thank you. Appreciate that. Shit. Hey, well, cutting a check, cutting a check is always good. Cutting a check is That's always, always nice. That's I uh, always beautiful. You know, yeah, to to be appreciated for, you know, for your work. But when your work is yeah. something that you yeah. enjoy, and somebody yeah. sees deems you fit, deems you fit to 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 pay you, you know, you can't go wrong with that, man. That that just speaks to your talent level, you know, brother. Thank and, you. and and I want to salute you, salute you for that. <clears throat> Appreciate that, brother. Shoot, it got started earlier, man. I had I had so much, you know. Of course, of course. You know, Get to the good I, one. I wish we got started earlier. I had so much, you know. All the, all the Thank other you, things. Dr. Crunch. So, so now, so now, you know. Shout out to DJ Crunch. You got the hottest book of twenty twenty. My butter, uh, my butterfly. You know what I mean. Um, make sure you go out and get that. AuthorJamesRobin dot com. Um, all right. All hands life insurance. You know what I mean? Uh, all your life insurance needs and 
you know, go to All Hands Life Insurance. But Shout um, out to my cousin, good photographer, Devon One Photo. Oh, Devon One you know, Photo. What's up, cousin? All right. What's up? You know, and I'm looking for sponsorships you know, too just, on just, my podcast. I'll shout you out on my podcast. I'm popping in Kuwait, nigga. I'm popping in Kuwait. Well, well listen, <laughs> Kuwait. I'm number one you know, in Kuwait. So, my numbers is crazy, son. I got a gold freaking Lamborghini so, over there waiting for me when I arrive, yo. It's Kuwait so, is off the hook. You know what I mean? From Shake, I, <laughs> he got that gold Lamborghini for the, the yes. Shake from Kuwait. Yes. Shake, I, <laughs> this dude got a Puma you know. as a pet. Nigga, I'm about to go over hey. there and hang out with the Pumas and the Lions and shit he got in his living room with all that little ass Ikea furniture, all that low furniture stuff. Everything's like a pillow. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. So, so listen. In Kuwait. All things, all things entertainment, right? You know, you got comedians, yeah. you got DJs, you got singers, you got rappers, you got... Yeah. This question always comes up, right? All right. What's your top five? Comedians. Damn. Top five? It's, I don't know. I mean, let's see. I'm going to go with Patrice O'Neill. I'm going to say Eddie Murphy. I'm going to say Richard Pryor. I'm going to say um, George Carlin. Mm. And um, I got to go with, I got to go with uh, Bill Cosby, man. He was one of the best storytellers ever to me. You know, he's one of the best comedic storytellers. He really paints a great picture without cursing. I give up to Bill Cosby without the pill drop, without the bloop, bloop. He's good. I yeah, love Spanish the, Fly you know. excluded. You know, yeah. Bill, Bill Cosby, I think is, you know. Yeah. You know, Spanish Fly excluded, you know. Shout out to Lovey. Uh, is, you know, Bill Cosby is definitely one of the best. Absolutely. What, what, so Bill Cosby is definitely a storyteller. Yeah. You know, um, what what comedic lane do you put yourself in? You know, how do you categorize Tyranny? Or do you categorize Tyranny? I can't categorize it. I don't know. I, I want to do a Bill Cosby lane with um with a little bit of a little bit of dirt on it. Just a little bit. Just a little not the dirt where you get in trouble dirt, you know, years later <laughs> dirt. <laughs> not that dirt. Just a curse or two dirt. You know, yeah. just a like Bill Cosby if I say shit and and, a, and I say a fuck or two. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't walk around with an actual prescription, you know, asking yeah. women what their body weight are. Like, what's your body weight? Girl, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> Look like you about 130. I think about 20 milligrams uh, of you in. No, I don't want to do nothing like that. But I would say like a like a Bill Cosby. I do not approve know, that message, league. but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I don't approve the shit either. But um I would I would say like a um like a new age kind of like Bill Cosby because I want to do like the family stuff. I'm always talking about family things and just, you know, the observational stuff with the family and what comes along with marriage and, um, you know, just being, just being human, man, being black on this planet. Yeah. 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 Now, and when you're a comedian, like, do you yeah. ever turn it off? Do you ever turn it off? Like, do, like what, when, when is the situation where you completely turn off being a comedian? Because everybody need to laugh. Comedy relieves stress. You know, I think, I think doctors need to prescribe that as opposed to medicine. So do you ever turn off being a comedian? <laughs> <laughs> you see the way I'm laughing? This is when you try to get serious. You be like, no, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, how much back taxes? <laughs> no. 
Um, yeah, you cut that shit off. I'm married, man. You gotta be able to cut it off. I got a very serious side too, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. I I do I do cut it off, but sometimes it's hard to cut it off. But um, I'll I'll be sitting around by myself laughing and shit, you know, saying just just chuckling to myself. Not at funerals. I try to be respectful, you know. I, I try not to, you know, engage with too many people at, at social gatherings like that because, you know, people. People mourn differently, so I would hate for that to come off as some kind of disrespect when we laughing and stuff like well, that. I, I mentioned somebody mentioned funeral. At funerals, I'm very, I'm serious and different because people usually try to come to me at a funeral like, yo, you see such and such shoes. I'm like, yo, get out of here with that. I can't, I can't start laughing and cracking on people at a funeral. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. It, even though you want to feel good, I just be like, nah, I ain't settling my spirit like that. I can't do it. Well, well, well I'm, a, I'm gonna, I'm going to. Make a confession. I've laughed at a funeral. I've laughed at a oh, funeral I have until to. I cried. <laughs> oh, until I have, cried. Okay. Okay. And you know, it was one of my. Di- it just. It was just like they. I ain't gonna get into. I. Right, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Want, I don't want to go too far. But you might right, start so, crying. Yeah, I might start crying because right. I'm alive. Yeah, because that's easy. one of the funniest. That's one of the funniest situations ever in my life. Yo. I, All right. I can. It, it's crazy, but not in a disrespectful way either. Right. I don't know how you do that. You laugh at a funeral, then you say no disrespect. That's all disrespect. I didn't mean it to be disrespect. But anyway. Nah, so, it's all good. So check this out. I want to know, right? Just just scenarios, right? Just scenarios. Yeah. yeah. Name, name a comedian that you would hate to go after. Or are you at a point where you can go after it? Like you can, you can kind of compete with anybody. Uh, I I mean I'm not saying I can compete with I just I don't care at this point I really don't care I wouldn't I wouldn't feel a certain way I mean there's there's comedians that come up there and just light the damn stage up so I'm lucky just to try to ride that wave of energy that they put out there so at this point it doesn't it doesn't bother me none you know sometimes you know somebody go up there and do a really good job before you like all right word good you got the crowd into it because. Ain't nothing like coming out to an angry goddamn crowd when they just like they have no hope. They be looking, <laughs> they be looking at you when you come out there like, oh now this nigga gonna try to make us laugh. Okay, God, oh, I hope he's funny. You know, I hate that type of energy. Like, I hope he's funny. So, yeah, I hope the person before me blazes the stage because then I gotta work and keep that energy up. So, I, I really, I don't have that much. Of, I don't have that problem following people. I, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I'm not going to sit in the car and cry and shit if they don't like my stuff. You know, so it, it is what it is, you know. Listen, listen, how often, how often do you try new jokes All the time. on your family? All the time. Every conversation is a new joke. Everything. Uh, Everything. I'm always, I'm, I'm not always trying new jokes, but I'm always thinking of stuff. So I'll always ask them off questions. I'll always, you know, observe something. I'll always ask, well, hey, why you did that? Because I'm trying to figure it all out. It's all material to me. And then if I want to introduce it to the stage at night, I just got to figure a way to package it, you know, make it make it make sense for you guys. Because if I start tripping and start talking about stuff, you're like, okay, you didn't even introduce this shit right. What is Ty laughing about? So it's all a matter of me just trying to package it and give it to y'all in a way where you can see the same shit that I'm seeing. But uh, all the time, when I'm talking to my wife, everything is a little bit pieces of material. It's just about, um, it's just a matter of me retaining that and just taking that and putting it onto the stage and just relating it to everybody else. Like, hey, y'all ever experienced this? Where your wife only folds 
you know, your short sleeve shirts and leaves your drawers out because she wants you to see what kind of condition your drawers are in and she ain't touching them or whatever, you know, whatever the hell it may be. It ain't, that ain't my condition, but some of y'all got some bad drawers out there. So maybe your wife does something funny and you can talk about it and package it in a way where it's, 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 it's something that people can identify to. Where are you sneaking off to? Thank you. That's it. My wife is sneaking off. See, this material right here. She's trying to sneak off while I'm doing this interview. Stay where you at. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> I'm using her light and listen, everything. I got a listen, look. Listen. I got her bad bitch light. I got a bad bitch light and everything. I'm over here making duck faces <laughs> and all that. I'm in. I was in the light like this for at least five minutes. That's it. Burning listen. my forehead with this bright ass ring. Listen, man. Listen, man, no show off on my account, man, because when the when the camera go off, man, she she looked like she's swift with the hands, bro. I don't want, oh, no, I'm always I want you to get into dice. no problems because you showed up. I know, Kurt. <laughs> I'm always rolling the dice, yo. I'm always rolling the dice with my wife. That's what keeps her young, though. She, that jab, she slipped that jab on me. I'm like, oh, you still got it, baby. All right, cool. But she, she, I'm always rolling the dice with her. She loves it. I love it. You know, it's, 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 it's working, I guess. It's, it's working. A, it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, man. Black love is a beautiful thing. Shout out to you and your yeah. family, your wife. I know you got a son, and and I know you're taking you're taking them on a a vegan journey. You know, talk quickly about you know how everyone is adapting to you and them goddamn mushrooms. Oh man, listen, people are hating on my mushroom dishes. I tried to get on the Doctor Sebi alkaline wave, and his main thing is just you know, you know, just trying to make your body less toxic with mucus and mushroom seems to be a staple. So I'm making everything with fucking mushrooms in it, man. I'm, I'm the mushroom king right now. Um, I'm, I'm tired of these goddamn mushrooms, to tell you the truth. I'm really tired of these mushrooms. I'm about to snap. I'm really about to break any, any minute, you know. But I'm just trying to do it just yeah, to my, lead by example, just eating better, that's all. My, my daughter, my, my oldest daughter has um, adapted somewhat of a vegan lifestyle. <clears throat> I'm mm. not there 100%. You know, we don't right. do McDonald's, Wendy's, and all that shit anymore. I haven't done that in years. Right. Uh, but I, I think it's, like, the way you the way you add comedy to it, it kind of lessens the anxiety of, you know, I seen your son kind of, re- his your son's reaction. I yeah. saw you talk about flatbread the other day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I said, you know what? This brother, this, this brother is easing people's anxieties about, you know, Changing, you know, ch- changing their lifestyles. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, listen, before we run out of time, man, I, w- I want you to speak about uh, the Ty Rainey show, um, the podcast. Oh, I respect okay. the fact that you find ways to stay relevant and you pivot, you pivot and, 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 and provided a, a completely different platform. So speak about that quickly. Look at that, how he segued into the podcast. I like that, Kurt. Thank you, brother. Um, I don't know. The podcast was just another outlet for me to just exercise my instrument. You know, I don't get out five days a week, you know, out there every night doing shows. So I figured a podcast was an outlet for me just to kind of hear myself speak with certain material, just kind of keep talking about stuff, um, whether it's news report, newsworthy or just things that I'm going through. And, um, I felt that just kind of helped me rather than just sitting inside and not working and not entertaining a crowd. I figured, let me just take this energy and stop bugging the hell out of my wife and do a podcast and just talk for about a half hour, 45 minutes about 
topical things. You know, it could be politics. It could be about, you know, um, you know, my hobbies, you know, whatever, family things, whatever's on my heart at the moment. So that's really the whole thing behind doing the podcast. And, and hopefully people are enjoying it. And it seems like it is. I'm popping in Kuwait, man. You heard about my shit in Kuwait? <laughs> in Kuwait, nigga, I'm number one in Kuwait, man. I don't I, I want to brag about it, but I'm that's number a beautiful one in thing, Kuwait. man. In Kuwait. And you figure, tell you. And you figure everybody, everybody over there need a goddamn laugh every minute of the day. So Listen, man, you provide, Kuwait, you providing a hell of, you providing a hell of a service. Yeah, I'm providing fucking one huge. hell of a service. I'm huge over there. They got statues you know. and shit of me mm -hmm. over there and everything. They gonna get me over there as soon as this travel ban list with this Corona stuff. Because I gotta ask get my, you if you Indian yeah. too. They gonna, they gonna look at your head like yo, you yeah. got Indian in your family. Yeah. They gonna ask I got, you I, shit. I, you I, I got it all. If you gonna wire that money, I got all that shit in my family, man. It's, it's the Kuwait oil people out there, man. I'm, I'm number <laughs> one in Kuwait. Number one in Kuwait. Damn it. So yeah. So now, so, so now check, so check this out, man. We got about 45 seconds to go, man. Tell the people what you got coming up next. Tell the people where they can find your podcast. Tell the people, you know, anything you got going on. Uh, not a damn thing. Um, that's it right now. So, no, I got a podcast every Tuesday. I do like a fresh <laughs> podcast, the Tyranny Podcast. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeart, um, any kind of streaming platform, the Tyranny Podcast is on. Um, I got a couple of Zoom shows that I'm going to be on this weekend, the, the Joe Hill Zoom show on Saturday. And um, go to tyranny.com, T-Y-R-A-N-E-Y.com for all the other future dates, info, podcasts. My Instagrams is Comedian Tyranny and uh, Team Rainy Days. That's for my family stuff. But check me out and support Kurt too, man, for real, with the, with the, with the report. I appreciate I you, brother. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming out. Um, thank everybody who tuned in tonight. I appreciate you coming yes. out as usual. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Ty this Rainey. This is the knee. You know what I mean? The knee. The, I bow out with the, the forehead. Legendary, there we go. soon to be legendary. Bowing out with the bended knee. You know the what I mean? The proposal for everybody, for everybody who, For everybody who tuned in, thank you all for coming out. Peace. Peace.